0: Coming up on today's Locked on Reds podcast, Jonathan India is the National League Rookie of the Year. I'm going to tell you what the most impressive part of his game was this past season and why he is part of a core that can at least keep the Reds from being irrelevant, but not necessarily contenders. We'll get to that on today's Locked on Reds podcast. Thanks for joining me. You are locked on Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You have found the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gar. Thank you so much for joining me and making me your hashtag first listen of the day. If you don't already follow the Locked On Reds podcast, whether it be on your favorite podcasting app or right here on YouTube, Make sure that you do. I've got tons of stuff for you this offseason, including tomorrow. Bobby Nightingale from the Cincinnati Enquirer will join me. We'll talk about the Reds position. We'll talk about Jonathan India, talk about the core of this team and what he expects from them this offseason. That's on tomorrow's Lockdown Reds podcast. Today, we're talking about and celebrating Jonathan India as the National League rookie. Of the year, and before qu- quickly before we get into that, couple of notes. I did see the Los Angeles Angels added Noah Syndergaard a one-year deal for twenty-one million dollars, and the Toronto Blue Jays extended Jose Barrios seven years and a hundred million plus couple of big paydays for one, a guy who's kind of on a prove-it deal because he's been hurt, and the other, a dude that the Blue Jays paid a lot for, but they are going to keep him for a long time. The Blue Jays are going to be fun to watch this this next season. I'm looking forward to watching them. But let's talk about these Reds. Let's talk about Jonathan India and the most impressive part of his game. This past season, Jonathan India led all rookies in so many different statistical categories. You're talking about home runs. He had the best on base percentage. He was pretty high. I think he was the best in slugging, but so many different stats that just jump off the page at you. I'm not looking at any one of those. This is not a statistical conversation today. Let me tell you about the most impressive part of his game his baseball IQ. I'm talking about, and you're probably like, well, Jeff, that's not really grabby. Let me tell you why it's grabby. When it comes to in the field, when it comes to on the base pass, when it comes to in the batter's box, there's a certain point in time where abilities and the idea of just thinking and awareness and understanding what's going on have to coincide. Jonathan India has the ability to do that on a regular basis. It's not as if it's some sort of moment in the game, not not some sort of rare occurrence where Jonathan India can put it all together. India has the ability to do everything at every moment. And that is why he is probably the most important player on this team for the foreseeable future. He has the ability to adapt as others adapt to him. That's one thing that you always talk about, especially usually like in the second or third year of a guy's career is how will he adapt to the league adapting to him? Because so many players have to make an adjustment whenever they're first called up. They have to kind of augment their own abilities, figure out what it is they do good and do it great. Jonathan India did all of that this past season. He did what he did well and he did it even better and then whenever opposing pitchers figured out the book whenever they saw the film and figured out how to pitch to him he took that next step as I talked about yesterday there's no weakness in his at bat approach. You don't ever see him come into the plate and just swing at every single breaking ball. You don't see him swing at every single high fastball, and you definitely don't see him spinning out of his shoes at every change. In. Now, sure, every once in a while you'll get a bad swing, but he adapts, he adjusts, and he has a better at bat after that pitch. For the most part, he is really good when it comes to understanding the strike zone. And and you can always see, I, I loved his reactions. He was always very subdued. He was never trying to show up an umpire or anything like that. But you could watch him at the plate if he looked at a pitch and the umpire called it wrong, which they do a lot, especially if Angel Hernandez is behind the plate. But Jonathan India just had this reaction of, And then he went back to doing his business. That's just the way he played, and it was so very admirable to watch. I am so happy that he is a Cincinnati Red, and he's going to be fantastic for years to come. But that is the reason why I think the sky is the limit for Jonathan India. Not because he is otherworldly with his contact or his ability to hit for power or his speed or his defense or his arm. It's because he has the head knowledge. He has the brain, the baseball brain that brings it all together. Because at the end of the day, whether you can hit for power or whether you can have a cannon of an arm, it is how well do you translate it to on the field products and turning it into wins for your team. And Jonathan India is fantastic at that. And I'm so very excited to see what more he has in store in a Cincinnati Reds uniform because hopefully he's going to be here for a very long time. But the baseball IQ, that, that is exactly what got him this award. And I thought it was funny because if you look most seasons, as the off-season progresses, you'll see, oh, well, the Sporting News gives their awards out. Uh, baseball America gives their awards out. ESPN, like all these different outlets. And sometimes you have these uh, different awards that are given to different people like most of the time you'll see, well, the sporting news gave rookie of the year to Dylan Carlson or baseball America gave rookie of the year to Trevor Rogers or, you know, ESPN gave it to Jonathan India, whatever. They all gave it to India. It was a clean sweep. And then at the end of the day, when they showed the voting, he had 29 out of 30 first place votes, which I thought was a little silly. I thought he should have gotten all 30. One guy voted for Trevor Rogers in the first place spot. But uh, at the end of the day, Dude swept everything because they all understand that the future is bright. And he showed why. I mean, obviously, they're not voting on who's going to be the best, who's having the best career out of all these guys. They just looked at what he did this past season. But they understand that's going to translate into even more. Jonathan India is going to be a special dude to watch. And I'm so excited for him. And I'm going to tell you why he is at the head of this young core that the Reds have that for themselves if they were put into a vacuum would be very, very exciting. That's coming up here in just a minute. Before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you about betonline.ag. Head there today and sign up with the promo code Locked on. You'll get 50% added onto your initial deposit because Betonline.ag is the number one place to make some cash off your sports knowledge for basketball and football this season. Football's been underway for a while now, and with college basketball going, all basketball is on too. So much going on each and every day at BetOnline.ag. They've got amazing lines, whether you're talking about point spreads, money lines, over-unders. Great prop bets as well, and they just revamped the site for basketball season. Check them out today at betonline.ag, and like I said, set up your profile with the promo code On" to get 50% added onto your initial deposit. Betonline.ag is the only online sportsbook that I trust, and I urge you to trust them too because you can take your sports knowledge and turn it into cash at BetOnline. Dot AG, And when you go there, set up your profile with the promo code locked on for 50% added onto your initial deposit because betonline.ag is where the game starts. All right, so Jonathan India heads up a core of players and... This isn't the core of players where it's like most of the team. This is a handful of guys that you can really hang your hat on for the foreseeable future. And there's one dude in here that the Reds are going to have to make some sort of commitment to very soon for him to continue to be named. So we're going to save him for last. But obviously, India is the number one dude. When you're talking about Jonathan India, you're talking about he's going to hold down second base and he's going to hold down the leadoff position for years to come. And I, I will say this, I really want to see it. I want to see at some point this season, this is a very micro expectation of the Cincinnati Reds, but at some point this year, I don't care when, I I hope it's not like a huge point in a game where it might make or break the game, but I just want to see it once. I want to see Jonathan India given the sign when he's on third base to steal home. I think he can do it. And especially depending on the, pitcher and things like that. But I want to see it happen once this year, just to see what happens because I think he can do it. He is so fun to watch whether at the plate or on the bases or in the field that he is going to be that way for years to come. And as long as he stays healthy, you know, I know, I know that that's not something you can really predict, but as long as that continues to be good, it dude was a tank at the end of the year. Then we are going to see a lot of great baseball From number six, another guy that I add to that list is a very obvious one, Tyler Stevenson. He's going to hold down the middle of the order for a while to come. I I thought they would wait a little bit. Of course, never thought Jonathan India would hit leadoff, So that was a surprise in and of itself. But I thought they would give him maybe a year or two before they put him in the cleanup spot. But instead, we saw him get some time there this season, and he looked solid. Dude has an amazing eye at the plate, and he is a really good contact hitter. So as he adds power over the next year or two, which I think he's already got a decent amount, but as he adds a little bit more game power, dude is going to be a phenomenal cleanup hitter. And I look at him like, this is a picture of him playing catcher, obviously, and maybe he continues to do that for a couple of years. But at the same point, I think that they might explore an option as Joey Votto, maybe retires or something, maybe moving Tyler Stevenson to first base. There's no clear cut first base prospect. That's coming up. Like, I mean, Austin Hendrick could play first base, but he's also playing some corner outfield. You got Reese Hines at third base and you got Tyler Callahan probably in the middle of the infield somewhere. So you're not looking at one dude who's like, that guy's got to play first base and you could prolong the career of Tyler Stevenson by doing that. So I think that that would be a prudent uh, course of action for the Reds should they look to do that here in the near future. The thing about it is they've also got two great pitching prospects who I believe, it's hard to definitively say that a pitching prospect will pan out, especially, I mean, you're talking about the idea of prospects and it's always so hard to know exactly how good a prospect can be and pitching makes it even harder than that because pitching is just a crazy thing to do. But I think that Nick Ladello and Hunter Green are very they have very good chances of hitting on the expectations that we have of them as prospects. So I look at them and... They are part of this core for the future. And you're talking about two-fifths of your rotation that you feel really confident about. And Tyler Malley is included in there as well because he's still of the age that he's going to be here for a few years. It's just I kind of group Tyler Malley with this last guy that I'm going to talk about because there are there's one thing that the team needs to do to ensure that they remain part of the core. But thinking of Hunter Green and Nick Ladella, once they get brought up and they really get going, two-fifths of this rotation is going to be set. And so that's always something that's nice because there are teams out there like the Angels and signing Noah Sendergaard. Other than Shohei Otani, who did they trust? There's a reason that they just spent $21 on a guy who's literally thrown two innings in the last two years because they think, number one, he can stay healthy. And number two, that talent is going to come out and he's going to really help their pitching staff that over the last year has just been floundering with whoever they can find to be a starting pitcher. I don't believe the Reds are going to be in that boat once they move on from a guy like Luis Castillo or Sonny Gray. They're not going to be stuck and looking like, who's going to start? I think the days of Scott Feldman pitching opening day are past. And that is super exciting to think about, which I I think we all kind of figured that like back in 2019. But still, just looking at this in the future and and different guys who could be traded, I'm not looking at this as saying, well, we're going to trade them and then they're going to go out to the waiver wire and pick up whoever they think can pitch five innings. That's not going to be the case. They might do that for like the fifth starter, but they're not going to do that for a chunk of the rotation like they were doing from 2015 through 2018. So I like that. And with those four guys, you really have a nice core. Plus you add in these two. I talked about Tyler Malley already. We understand the talent that Tyler Malley has. It's just he only has two years of control left. And the other guy that only has two years of control who could be a key part of this team should the Reds do some sort of extension with him this offseason is Jesse Winker. Now, Jesse Winker is a guy that I mentioned on the trade a uh, target idea in the, the trade assets and how he could bring some stuff back. And that might be a prudent idea giving his health and the ability to stay on the field and how much that's been in question. And if you can flip that for a dude who is healthy and who has great prospect status, that might be worth exploring, but we know that Jesse Winker can hit. We know that he can hold down the middle of the order when he is healthy. So he's a dude that if the Reds do commit to, he will be part of that core. And I look at these guys and I say, you know what? You put them all together, you got a pretty solid core. You got a pretty solid team that you're going to be able to build around for years to come. A team that if you just add replacement level players around them, you're probably talking about they can already win 75 to 80 games. Here is the key, though they need some help. You got to build around them. That's where the organization comes in. And that's where we're going to talk about in our next segment. That's, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting because this is something that the, the ownership group currently in charge of the Reds has to buy in on. And I'm not sure if that's going to happen. We'll, we'll have to see. Again, thanks for making Lockdown Reds your first listen of the day. Uh, and again, tomorrow, Bobby Nightingale from the Cincinnati Enquirer will join us to talk about this Reds team and the offseason ahead. But before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you about how I believe this team needs to be all in. Uh, They got to be all in one way or another. All in on going for the playoffs or all in on trading guys for future players who can help them. Two or three years down the road. I'm not talking about four or five, six years down the road. We're not. We're not talking about being irrelevant for those amount of years. And like I said, with the young core of guys that they got, I don't think they will ever be irrelevant. I don't think they will ever be like a 95, 100 loss team. But if they don't uh, do, if they don't go all in, one way or the other, it's like it's like Ron Swanson said, never half-ass two things. Whole ass one thing, because the Reds tried to half-ass the rebuild. They they tried to rebuild while still being a competitive team. You can't do both. You have to do one or the other. And fans, we don't. I don't know about you, but I don't really like eighty-one and eighty-one. I really like 82 and 80. I'm not talking about a 500 baseball team. I'm I'm not, that's not my goal here. I don't want to be like, well, look at that. The Reds were over 500. That's a nice thing to talk about. If you're talking about a transition year. And to be honest with you, as much as I hate them, the Cardinals, when they're a 500 ball club, that's when they start to worry. And that's really the reason that they moved on from Mike Schilt. Not because they were a 500 ball club last year, obviously they were a little bit better than that, but because they understood that this team was underachieving. I want 500 to be the underachievement mark. I want 500 to be the baseline, not even the benchmark, the baseline. And it feels like over the last decade, Ownership of the Reds has done all they can to retrain Reds fans' brains into thinking that the 500 mark is where they're shooting for. That's not what I want. And in order for you to actually move above that, in order for you to be considered in the upper echelon of Major League Baseball contenders, you got to go all in one way or the other. What sucks is it really doesn't sound like they're trying to go all in on spending money and adding pieces so they've got to go all in on retooling and revamping and rebuilding when it comes to trading the likes of Luis Castillo, trading Sonny Gray, probably trading Jesse Winker, maybe looking at trading if, if you can get something for A. Eugenio Suarez. I don't know. The three guys that I'm not sure have any value whatsoever, but they've got to figure out a way to move on from is Mike Mustakish and Shogo Akiyama, and maybe even Gino. Gino's got a much more team friendly contract than those other two guys, but if you're going to go all hands on deck, you gotta look at everybody and the ability to get better in 2 years based on where you are right now because what is most likely to happen that this team the the all of the players who underachieved last season magically overachieve this coming season or you're able to get some value from them and then go turn those into pieces for the immediate future and guys who can help you in a year, 2 years, something like that. I know that's not sexy. I know that nobody is really jumping on the bandwagon of a team that's like, we'll be good in two years, trust us. Plus, they've told us to trust them about doing stuff like that, and they haven't really delivered. So makes you wonder if they can do it. But this is the way that they should approach it. You're all in one way or the other. The question is, how all in and what way will Nick Crawl and the front office take this team? It feels like ownership is telling them to go the retooling route. The only problem is I think that ownership is also in their ear saying, yeah, but don't let go of this guy because fans like him. Or don't let go of this guy because he sells jerseys. Or don't let go of this guy because that's why people buy tickets. People buy tickets for wins. People aren't going to be coming to the ballpark if you're, hey, look, we're seven, we got 70 wins. We got 75 wins. Look at us. We're all right. We didn't lose 100 games. If that is the rallying cry for this team for the foreseeable future, oh, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. But I think that they've got a young core with which they can invest in. And I think that Jonathan India, winning rookie of the year, just accentuates that. And I've been happy to see him win that award. All right, tomorrow, Bobby Nightingale joins us here to talk about the Reds offseason, talk about what he thinks is going to happen. We'll talk about Jonathan India as well and some other stuff. You're not going to want to miss it. Bobby Nightingale is always a fun guest to have on the podcast, and he'll be talking with us tomorrow right here on the Locked on Reds podcast. Thanks again for making us your hashtag first listen. Now make your second listen Locked on Bets. You can go make yourself some cash over at betonline.ag. As your boy Q and Lee Sterling, they're pretty solid with their bet picks, and they're going to help you make some cash that's locked on bets just like locked on reds free and available wherever you get your podcasts look it might be the off season but we're locked on reds every single day